back on Spider Episode 11. Welcome. You know, Chuck, most people uh, celebrate our 10th episode of a podcast, but right here on Bat and Spider's Episode 11, we decided this is the episode to celebrate. So we took a little trip out to Newfoundland mm-hmm. to do our podcast live on location because it's a big show. Very big show. Primarily filmed live, not live, yeah. primarily filmed in <laughs> Newfoundland. In, uh, what is it, Petty Sound? What's it called? Petty? Petty Harbor. Petty Harbor? Right where we're sitting, right here? Yeah, so, yeah. On the dock? Do you see the sign up there? Yeah, Petty Petty Harbor. Dear listeners, um, if you're listening, you will hear that the the sound and the harbor is filled with uh, Mm -hmm. these whale songs because this is, in fact, where the movie Orca was filmed and since then it's known that this town is sort of a, a tourist destination for both human and orca killer whale uh it's, visitors yeah it's a place that man and orca have you know historically c- come together to right. be as one right to um, celebrate a movie um and and it, i mean this is a very special summer it's the 43rd anniversary of Orca's release in the summer of 1977. Um, we're a little early, came out in July, but this is, you know, this is just how the, the yeah. how it happened. Yeah, uh, you know, Chuck, flights were cheapest, and this was episode 11 in July. Yeah. It's not going to be episode 11 for us, so. Mm-hmm. But gosh, to be in Newfoundland in June, yeah. I'll take that any day. That's where you want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is so we chose the movie Orca. Yeah. Yeah, partly I chose it uh because our friends over at the seventy millimeter pod did uh another fish movie called Jaws. Mm-hmm. Um that you guest hosted. I just listened to that. Fantastic episode. Thank you. I mean Jaws, you know, it's what can you say about Jaws? That's that's kind of the tough thing, right? Like it's like it's Jaws. Like yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, honestly that was uh my biggest fear it's it's jaws and it's it's definitely my favorite movie of all time but can we do it justice what more is there to talk about you know so i think we did a i think we did a great job totally yeah i i had a blast listening to that yeah so yeah everyone run over there and check that out but yeah orca so i picked orca because i was like Mm -hmm. i wanted to play off that idea and i know you know there's like piranha were there any? What were the like? There were there was this there was a spat of killer fish movies that happened after Jaws. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah," uh, you know. Th- I mean, th- they say this is like Jaws was the the birth of the summer, the modern summer blockbuster. So everyone was like, "Oh my god, wait!" I think before it was the summer wasn't necessarily considered like big movie going time. Probably yes, exactly right. I think movies just were released whenever. Yeah, and movies ran for. Yeah, and Jaws kind of changed all that, and it was like, you know, God, who knows how long Jaws played? I mean, they probably played for like five years in theaters. What a what a joy that would have been, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so a bunch of like killer fish movies came out, and this, this is Orca, and brought to us by our man Dino De Laurentiis, mm-hmm. producer extraordinaire, grandfather of. I don't even know. I know she's related to Giada De Laurentiis. Oh yeah, famous. I think uh, their channel lady. Dino is her dad. <laughs> oh, it's her dad. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's a little, there's a little funny line about the birth of Orca that producer Lu- Luciano Vincenzoni <laughs> was first assigned to give the film a head start after being called by Dino De Laurentiis in the middle of the night in 1975. Dino had just seen Jaws, and he instructed his producer. To quote, find a fish tougher and more terrible than the great white. Mm. That was his charge. Wow. <laughs> so that's how he uh, he he ended up on our killer whale. That's I mean that's where we find ourselves here in Petty Harbor, Chuck. What mm. is exactly the movie Orca about? <laughs> it's cool. I mean, I I know we're going to 
probably compare it to Jaws quite a bit because without it, without Jaws, there wouldn't be Orca. And it's sort of, it's an uncomfortable movie for me to watch Mm -hmm. because while Jaws, Jaws was a monster and he just ate mine. He just mindlessly butchered people. So it was easy to hate him. It was easy to root for everyone to go off and try and catch him and kill him. But Norca, they make it complicated. Man, way okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Because way what they do is they turn our they k- turn our killer fish into a very sympathetic mammal. How they do it? Richard Harris Harris's character, Captain Nolan, he gets it up his ass. He's gonna catch a a killer whale, but in doing so, he he wounds and captures, I guess, uh, our killer whale's wife, <laughs> whale, killer wife. And basically, like, tortures her. And, like, we'll talk about what else goes down. This, her, her boyfriend, this whale, yeah. he is pissed, and the rest of the movie, he is out for vengeance. And it's him versus the captain. And there's also a, you know, the captain is basically our Quint from Jaws in this movie, you know, which is also, like, Captain Ahab from Moby Dick. So it's like yes. this, it's this sort of, like, emotional battle of Richard Harris versus this whale and how it's going to end. And it, it's it's interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure they pulled everything off, but I liked what they were playing with. Um, and that's, you know, that there's not much to it as far as like plot and crazy stuff that happens. It's basically man versus fish, but in a more messy and uncomfortable way than I'm used to seeing. Completely. I agree with your synopsis, Chuck. It's so I mean, we we can get into the story like we do, but they so they did enough in this movie to humanize the whale, right? They, from the very get-go, they're comparing killer whales to humans from yeah. the way uh, killer whale fetuses look with five fingers to the way they have feelings. Like, it's beat into your brain, probably even more so with taking liberal leaps with killer whale, you know, anatomy and, like, ecology. But do they do enough or not enough to demonize him the way like they towed that line I think pretty well yeah um, I was very interested in the path of our orca in question here I mean mm. because what Richard Harris does is so in the very beginning you see this loving orca couple right like I don't know how they establish this but they establish it <laughs> yeah. like you yeah. know that Orca boy and orca girl are in love and they're mates. Mm -hmm. They're mated for life. They're not in a pod of other whales. It's just those two. And Mm -hmm. this, and like, can we talk about the Ennio Morricone school, like title track to this thing? Like it just, I mean, Ennio like songs with, uh, you know, um, the bird with the crystal plumage and stuff like that. But it's totally fit that vibe. And what it totally did was it, in a very 1977 way, made these two whales partners yeah. for life in the yeah. th- in the 30 seconds. <laughs> they yeah, the I mean, gosh, I mean, who are you gonna get to go up against? Again, I'm pitting these two movies against each other because it's just it's just gonna happen. Who are you gonna get to go up against John Williams' score from Jaws, which is like, I'm sure at the time, even then, it was like became an iconic thing. Little kids running around going, darn darn. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it just, you know, that Jaws theme, it was like, it was so, such a powerful, important thing. So, of course, Dino gets Ennio Morricone, like, Europe's best uh, answer oh, to yeah. America's uh, John Williams. I mean, who else are you going to get? And, I, you know, I don't think he came up with a score that rivaled it, but I think what Morricone did, it's weird. There's two parts. There's, like, the love songs. <laughs> There's, it's right. like the, like what you were talking about, the the almost, like, super cheesy love song and they even put words to it uh for the end credits which is uh, oh yeah that kind of hilarious that was weird that's super weird uh but then there's the stuff um in the middle when the the whale's attacking and i feel like morricone went as opposed to like that that rhythmic mounting thing that john williams does morricone went with um randomness and unexpected yeah uh, like discorded violin shrieks i feel like Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's almost like um, 
Morcone tried to tried to emulate or replicate or sympathize with the shrieking of the orcas, you know, yeah. sounds. Um, yeah. Yeah, like almost beautiful but unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah, and the, so oh also, this movie starts out I was super happy with the very first scene because again, they not only are they ripping jaws off or trying to, they're going to kill jaws in the beginning of this movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, totally. Like they even bring up the fact that it's a 25 foot great white, yeah. huge great white. Oh my gosh. Uh and yeah, and they're, I guess Captain Nolan's, I think they're trying to catch him, this great white. and um, Yeah, for an aquarium. Yeah, but Charlotte rampling in her um, boy sidekick, Robert Carradine, get in the way. And I guess they're like, they're out there tracking a killer whale. And Robert Carradine falls in the water. Uh, and the, the great white's going after him. He's like, he's dead meat. But oh, then yeah. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a killer whale smashes up this the shark <laughs> at like, the last minute yeah. just pulverizes him to death hero <laughs> which hero i love whale. that image is like like everyone's going into this movie with jaws in their mind and then they see jaws in the beginning getting beat up by a killer whale. so mm-hmm. it's, you know it's like dino was probably like no we got to do this this is uh we're gonna oh, yeah. show what a you know what a weakling a great yeah. white is compared to a killer whale <laughs> oh yeah i mean they just show like they and the sh- and the uh, the the shark like flops out of the water i mean because yeah. you have 45 feet of of six tons of killer whale like behind this this ramming speed yeah yeah totally like trashes jaws <laughs> a shot across the bow yeah exactly Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, we're introduced to Captain Nolan played by Richard Harris, who Richard Harris is awesome. Yeah. He's again, this is a complicated movie for him. Cause I'm so used to loving him. Like not too long ago, I watched um, this c- compilation on YouTube of all his appearances on David Letterman. And they're just like, they're so fantastic. He's like the most charming, interesting guy. Um, and as you know, he's got that, uh, the axe is it Irish? The, the, is I think he's Irish. Yeah, Scottish Irish or Irish. Scottish. Or Scottish. I always, yeah, I can't tell. Um, but man, yeah, he's great. Great accent. So he plays Captain Nolan, which is basically our main character. Charlotte Rampling, who's another, she's like infamous. Well, she's not infamous, but super famous, at least in the UK, actress. Um, who's very talented. Mm-hmm. Robert Carradine, the uh, main nerd from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Yeah, Louis Skolnick <laughs> in the house. Um, a guy who looks like, kind of like Bradley Cooper. And I don't know if he's been in anything else. I didn't really recognize him. And Bo Derek, who I didn't even like realize till the end of the movie it was her. Yeah. Me yeah, neither. she did not look like Bo Derek. I mean, yeah, I don't know. No. It was weird. Anyone else in this movie? There's the older guy, the older fisherman guy. Um, he looked kind of familiar. He was in yeah. a lot of things. I looked him up, uh, Novak. Um, he dies pretty early on, but he was a huge character actor yeah. in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, I'm sure you'd recognize him if you um, laid your eyes. Yeah. And uh, I think Umalak, Will Sampson, he's, he was in some things, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was in uh, Poltergeist 2. Oh, okay. That's where I know him from. So uh, sh- they get it in their crawl to try to hunt down a killer whale. At least uh, maybe capture it live for aquarium purposes, yeah. but... They get it in their head because of uh, the display that he put on by killing that mm-hmm. shark, the one orca, and then uh, Charlotte Rampling not doing any favors for the shark <laughs> for the uh, killer whales because she's like basically pleading Richard Harris not to yeah. do this, but also painting the whales with such mystique that how can he not yeah. do this? Yeah, he had a, a you know? super hard on for catching this whale whale after being taught by Charlotte Rampling, and we should say Charlotte Rampling. I don't know if we said she's like a I don't know. She's like a professor at a local college or something. And they do this. Yeah. It's an info dump, but it, I liked it in the beginning of this movie where it goes to cuts to her classroom and she's explaining the history and uh, physiology, everything about killer whales. And it's sort killer of like, whale. he is a mammal with warm blood found in every sea. The ancient Romans called him Orca Orcinus, Latin for the bringer of death. His tapered form and muscular fin make the orca the fastest moving whale in all the oceans. The adult male measures around 30 feet and weighs six tons. 
but there have been cases where he ran to 45 feet. Now here is a killer whale in what is probably his most familiar guise, tamed on exhibition, one captured as a pup and brought up with men. Treated with kindness, there is no creature that is a greater friend to man. But if not, the orca's mouth has 48 teeth set in two impressive rows gets the audience caught up like i mean i feel like nowadays it doesn't you know killer whales are famous but maybe back in the 70s they weren't i don't know when sea world started and all that stuff so i don't know um right how famous they were in the public eye so they did a good job um sort of catching the audience up and uh talking about the two rows of teeth they they tried to make it seem like a ferocious animal but still i mean that's Mm -hmm. the only problem with a killer whales they do look they just look you know friendly like there's there's not a lot menacing yeah. about them they um i only know i mean second to a shark they're my totally my steez mm. as I, i'd say ever since you know the trials of life no Did you ever see that trials of life with david attenborough no. it's a it's like a 12 part series uh came out like 1990 but that's where they first show um killer whales uh like playing with their food <sighs> And they would like they would belly up to the beach and like launch these baby seals in the air with their tails and like totally killing these seals. Yeah. Like they would totally launch these seals up in the air before eating them. Oh. Like they would play like ping pong with them. It was it, brutal what they would show. So yeah, they got it in them. Mm-hmm. These or the orcas they have that the mean bone. Oh in totally. Them. I just mean like but, um like you look at a great white and it's obvious that oh, that yeah. thing is made for killing. Right. <laughs> But you look right, at a killer exactly. whale, it's, you know, it's, like, oh, it's kind I, of a cute... It's like half yeah. smiling yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, God. And he wants to catch this whale. And it just like... This movie, it moves pretty quick. It's it's only an hour and a half long. But I was I was kind of into the beginning because they like... Like Jaws makes you wait for the, the high seas action. They like jump into it in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So he, he goes out there with his crew and he's going to catch this whale. So they come upon the, uh, the pod killer because there was a whole bunch of them right swimming yeah there was yeah um so our guy gets his uh harpoon gun out it's it's really horrible like they do a really good job like making you feel for these whales like it's it is savage it's like oh my god like man is truly right the monster (laughs) yes yes exactly and and not just for like from the get-go from the harpoon gun scene it is just I mean, it's grisly, right? Like, like the harpoon nicks our um, our hero whale in his dorsal fin, which is kind of a smart move because the rest of the movie we know it's him because he has this like junk taken out of the back of the dorsal right. fin. Um, but it goes into his baby girl, uh, yeah. and it and there's yeah. just this shrieking from the whales, and it's awful. And like even Captain Nolan is just like, "What is that sound?" Like he's horrified. <laughs> By the the screeching that's coming out of these whales. Like, whatever was just done cannot be undone. Like, because of the sound that will haunt Mm -hmm. him. But, you know, he's a a fisherman and he hasn't discovered his... He still thinks these are just uh, godless animals. I don't know. He's not... Yeah. He's not fully convinced yet that they're, you know, they have feelings. So he he reels this this mom in, and it's it's horrible. They they like string her up on the thing, and like I I can't even talk about this. I don't know how to. It's no. horrible. Yeah. What happens? It's bad. It's real bad. And this is before before she even gets taken out of the water. Like she tries to kill herself by like oh, ramming yeah. herself into the boat propeller. I mean, it is whatever it's like that scene from the punisher (laughs) the movie when all his family gets murdered yeah 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 by like it's drawn out i mean it's grisly like what we're what we say and don't say trust us it's all bananas it's shocking and it has (laughs) it instills in our titular orca the the thirst to enact vengeance and i mean this scene after this, there was nothing that killer whale did that I didn't disagree with. <laughs> completely. All his evil completely. deeds to come. Yeah, so they're, and they're, I'm just going to skip over the bad 
thing unless you want to talk about it's bad you yeah, know no I, I didn't know how we we're yeah. gonna handle it either um there's a shocking thing that makes you hate captain nolan even more happens and they start hauling her off and they're, they're going back to uh port or whatever and but our killer whale's following i wish he had a name should we just call him orca <laughs> orca yeah. orca is um you know he's following because he's pissed they've got his honey strung up there and she's still alive she's still breathing yeah. they make they make mention to say that she's still breathing yeah. they don't know how yeah and i don't even know what the because was he trying to capture her alive I, I, i'm not even like sure that was my impression yeah. up until they figured out that they can't do yeah. it what was his plan but they like, he didn't even have like a tank ready or anything like it didn't make sense yeah right like were you gonna haul the, a whale in by its tail dangling from the yeah. your ship it was insane like out of the water it didn't make sense to me either Captain Nolan's Danny Bonaducci hair. <laughs> Sickening. So then our whale, he's like, I think he's like ramming the boat. He's like, Alrighty. He's oh pissed. yeah. And uh, I mean, the whale hops up out of the water and just sounds like Godzilla. Like yeah. it sounds like King Kong and Godzilla yeah. combined. <laughs> yeah. And get to know that sound because that is his blood call. That is his battle cry that he screams. Oh yeah. And it's fucking... <laughs> cool as shit i love it <laughs> yeah i mean that he's ready yeah he wants you to know he's coming <laughs> he's not sneaking up <laughs> and what so yeah so orca orca the whale yeah. damages the boat enough when the boat gets closer to port that basically it gives a reason for uh the crew to have to be st- kind of stranded in petty harbor for a little while while the boat is repaired but before they even get to to port the i think the whale basically damages the boat enough to where they realize that the whale is trying to get the other one back yeah so they cut her loose right yeah but (laughs) so yeah he orders the old guy his like ship's mate to cut the whale loose (laughs) and she goes she she goes back in the water but he's like dangling from like the, I don't know what these things are called. I'm not a boats guy. The ship, ship, ship. Yeah, but he's like, yeah, port. he's like out there on the shaft that she was hanging from. And he cuts her loose. But then Orca, is, that's, mm. he's not happy that they cut her loose. He jumps up and chomps this guy right off there and pulls him in. Just like that, an old bastard. And I, I felt so good <laughs> and I laughed so hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They do, like, they, they repeat this great shot of him, like they'll have the camera and the, and the orca come right up at the camera lens with its mouth open. And they, they do that a couple times when he attacks and it's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, he just chops and, this old man. <laughs> oh man. And that's it. So like old man in the sea, he's, yeah. that old dude is done. And then he pushes his mate who is still li- uh, alive at that moment, but presumably dying, uh, Orca pushes his mate yeah. onto the beach of the port. Basically, I mean, so um, Charlotte Rampling interprets it as that's a message for you, Captain. Yeah. Like, th- normally they don't do that, and it was against the current and against the wind, so that the whale didn't float there by himself. She's like, that Orca put yeah. put her there. It was like a pretty long scene, too, of him pushing her to shore it was very it was almost like a funeral procession like it was like really sad um it really was so the chunk so the middle of the movie is what i liked about it was uh the boat is stranded yeah so they're stranded in petty harbor but what this whale is going to do smart whale that he is he is going to turn the whole everybody against him right because whole town um they're harboring I mean, they're basically harboring this fugitive, right? Mm-hmm. It's the captain is the fugitive. And with an orca out there patrolling the seas, the fishermen are catching no fish because he's scaring all the fish yep. away. So the fishermen are starting to turn on the captain. Mm-hmm. And the boat re- boat dock workers are like, we're going to, we're moving up your ship to be repaired next because you got to get out of here and take your whale problem with you because he's out there. And we like we're all superstitious about these things, and what you did was basically effed up. Yeah. 
and now this is your problem, but you're making it everyone's problem. I loved the scenes. It was basically like, I don't know if he was like the head of the local fishermen's union or something, but he just like, <laughs> yeah. like he would say in sort of a friendlyish way, like, you know, you got to take care of this. This is your problem. Like you brought this upon our town and everyone is going to suffer. And it takes a while to get through Captain Nolan's thick skull. Uh, oh yeah. Like he's such a stubborn brute. And Which is funny because, you know, usually uh, they they paint the fish, a fisherman or an old captain like to be like well, like respective of, you know, the sea he's sailing in. Right. Yeah. And the life that he's taking or for whatever reason, like there's a reason behind it. But what he did, I think maybe he eventually admits to it, but his ignorance of the, the killer whale in general it, like was hoisted to him up yeah. right to it by his own killer whale petard yeah. because he should have never disrespected he should have never taken like fate into his hands like that yeah. i think he understands that but obviously he knows his fate and his destiny because of you know the fire he was playing yeah. with yeah yeah and he does reveal an interesting parallel that his through this middle section he reveals that his what happened his wife and daughter did they die <laughs> in some way yeah they were they were driven off a road by a drunk driver so he feels like um, oh my god i just did this to this creature like what had happened to me so he's like yeah he's putting it together and yeah and and actually a, a kind of a powerful scene for me was when he was talking to the um the father the priest at the church i think he was doing for his buddy who got chomped he was like doing last rites and stuff yeah or he was going to give his pay to like the fishermen's union or something. I don't know. Before he leaves, he asks the father, he's like, he's like, is it possible to sin against an animal? Um, Reverend. What, what, what I was meaning to ask you like, can you commit a sin against an animal? Oh, you can commit a sin against a blade of grass. Sins are really against oneself. You understand? <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's like, like, he's like, it's really, you're sinning against yourself, he says. And it was like, it's kind of a cheesy line delivery, but it like hit for me. I was like, yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty bold of them to put that in this this movie. Yeah, it, it this movie deals with things that are complicated, like a little bit it, more complicated than you expect in a killer fish movie. Yeah, I, and I really, resp- I mean, so maybe they didn't stick the landing, yeah. but I think what what the materials they were they were juggling with was pretty heavy, yeah. and I thought it was pretty tastefully done. I mean, I, I don't know if it's tastefully done is the word, but they they took head on this problem that they created for themselves and they dealt with the issues i mean the issues may be as crazy as you know a whale jumping out of the water to break fuel lines (laughs) to like light the dock on fire but it's but it's true like yeah there was always a reason for it and the stuff that they dealt with was pretty heavy Mm -hmm. and the characters they had to face they had to face their destiny or or whatever they were they're playing with and i i i think i just want to like give props to the filmmakers for yeah putting it in a a movie that was you know piranha or jaws the evil shark you know what i mean it was there was more to it and it was crazy as it sounds and i've i i mean i i'm worried that like i've never read moby dick and i'm worried i don't know if you have but i'm worried there's like some stuff from there that were that mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. you know, privy to, that they, you know, right. th- maybe this, I mean, from what I know, it's about Captain Ahab and his fish, uh, obsession with this huge whale. So I don't know if there's some parallels from that story that they, they brought into this, you know, that his, just the the idea of having to go out to sea to confront this, this mm-hmm. monster. And I love that whole bit. It was like, like Charlotte Rampling explains, like, the whale doesn't want to, confront you on land he wants you back out he wants you out there on his turf yeah like he's he's just gonna fuck shit up but he's not gonna fight you here he wants you out there right. which i loved 
<laughs> yeah. And and then the uh, the scene where the whale is like waving them out to sea. Oh my with god! Fin. Yeah. So I dumb, mean, but that, I was like, yeah, that man. Was, that's. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I mean, you made your bed, dude. Yeah. And he like so either you f- you follow that whale who's waving you on yeah. like a traffic director, uh, like you come follow me out here to my to where I am, yeah. or I am going to like bring down Petty Harbor brick by brick, yeah. in the only way I know how, jumping out of the water and breaking things. Yeah, and it's it's like yeah, and it's like the threat of watching Captain Nolan. Like it's basically like him accepting his mortality because. It's basically like you could think of the fish as like in basic terms that the Grim Reaper and he's like yeah. there's no way out. You have to come confront me. Like you you know, there's no yeah. way off this planet except through me. And it's basically a process of Captain Nolan accepting that and finally mm-hmm. going out to sea to confront death and I love that. And, I love that. And what was cool was about that tw- about that angle mm-hmm. and how they got that point across was you know, he couldn't just find like it's it's so much less and petty of him if he found a gas a truck with enough gas and drove inland. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Like that's the way he ended it and and sold his boat or something. He couldn't do that because of what sins he committed yeah. and the the struggle that he is locked in now. He's got to pay you know pay for his crimes, so he can't like in. And the captain in him mm-hmm. wouldn't let him mm-hmm. <laughs> just abandon and become, totally. you know, like a landscaper or something. Yeah, he had to do this, <laughs> and they d- and it was convincing enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved it. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a scene where he sends his guy out to get fill up the truck because they're gonna get out of there, and the guy goes to the gas station. They won't. They it, won't give him gas because the town is like, no, you have to fix the problem. Like, you can't fill up your truck with gas and haul ass out of here no uh, right sorry no, you're not you're not leaving us because that whale might stick around you yeah. know there's no gas here for you i'm sorry yeah <laughs> crazy which was a perfect scene you know to to basically say you're getting no help from anybody <laughs> and you're not getting deeper inland without this last gas station right here you know yeah I, and that, that same scene at the gas station the um the awesome Indian guy shows up who's like our sort of spiritual connection to the whales. He's like, he's like, yeah. if you go to the bus station, you'll find they won't have tickets for you there either. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I love God. That yeah. line. <laughs> and that's the thing that bummed me out was the, the people around him in his life. Well, you know, yeah, it bums me out that our whale killed them, but it also bums me out that they killed his friends too. Yeah. They killed his friend. Totally. Uh, so I get it, but, and that was maybe more of the the horror thriller body count aspect yeah. of having a you know a fish movie a killer fish movie but um, you know everybody save for Charlotte Rampling had to die yeah. um, you know and that sucked yeah. but they weren't all part they were all on that boat when you know they caught the female in the beginning yeah and the only one who wasn't on, well Charlotte Rampling on that boat but Charlotte Rampling got the yeah. lift, but yeah. at that point, the Orca and Richard Harris had their, they had their confrontation yeah. at that point. Uh, yeah, so, so like, some of the stuff the Orca does, like, you know, of course, obviously, the one house that's hanging out, you know, over the water in the harbor <laughs> yeah. is the one being rented out, rented out by Bo Derek. Yeah. Uh, so, well, the Orca, I mean, the Orca just, like, destroys... Sorry to interrupt you, but... Yeah. From what I could tell, the captain was living there with Bo Derek and Will. Am I insane? Yeah, maybe that. Maybe it was. Uh, there was a shared. You know, it was a shared space. So maybe, yeah. It seemed a little weird, but I think maybe that was like. I, like maybe it's a seasonal thing. Like they're just all up there, and like, all right, we're all just gonna bunk in this house and fish for yeah. the season, and then go back to our lives. So. Yeah. I mean, the whale brings down the <laughs> scaffolding on that thing and caves in the the house into the harbor. Yeah. And then, then bites off Bo Derek's leg. Her broken leg. Her broken leg. She had leg. a full leg cast. Like she broke her leg during the when they were capturing the whale in the beginning. And yeah, the orca fucking he knocks the 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 stumps out in the. <laughs> and then he. I mean, hardcore. He just chomps off her leg. It's yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> 
It is. Yeah. I mean, it was. And then the other awesome destruction scene is he. You mentioned this. He he somehow. Man, what a smart whale. He he. He's, he yeah. He's dynamite. He knocks out those gas lines, and somehow he knows there's like a a lamp lit in this one there's building. An oil burning lamp. <laughs> yeah. So he like. I guess he nudges that building a little bit, and the lamp falls over, and everything just explodes. And our—I mean, that Highland. Oh burns. my God! And our whale takes a victory flex by <laughs> doing full body jumps out of the water as it burns behind him. It's amazing. Gosh, that's right. <laughs> he is like putting on a show for the splash zone up in front. He's he is so doing his best. Proud, so proud yeah. of his handiwork. Good for him. And I want to say all those, all the shots of the whale jumping out of the water, it's clearly like they were superimposing film. Cause like, obviously they couldn't get the whale to do it there. So they were probably like shooting him like in a tank at like SeaWorld or whatever. I think they shot all the, a lot of the whale stuff in, in California, probably all like the close up stuff and underwater scenes Mm -hmm. with the real whale. Yeah. Like Marine land. Yeah. And then they had rubber whales. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we should say shots. that's probably the weakest part. There's a lot of rubbery looking whales in this that don't look great. Especially when like the whale is, is beached. <laughs> um, oh, the, yeah. It's like, like it, blah, 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 yeah. Like it's not like, you know, when whales are beached, it looks like they're like, you know, made of jelly and kind of like laying there. But this was just like a, <laughs> a yeah, blow yeah, up it's whale like, that was just like floating there, <laughs> like you buy from the pool, you know. Yeah, like a pull toy kind of looked insane, but 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 they saved a lot of that by like having the camera halfway down the whale and only looking up halfway his body, so they didn't yeah. have to have like full tail motion and stuff like that. But yeah, some of the sh- I mean, some of the shots with uh, where it's like midnight in Newfoundland with black <laughs> the black sea. <laughs> There, I don't know what sea it is, but it's like black water, yeah. and then you know, cut to the whale jumping out of the water, and it's like crystal blue. <laughs> yeah, you know, because they have like a camera mounted over the the orca tank at Marine yeah. Land. But it's lit- like it's literally, I mean, the whale is Charles Bronson, right? In mm-hmm. Death Wish, mm. it's it's Death Wish, yeah. you know, on different footing. Yeah, I mean, there was a there's a lot to love. I think I really liked it more than yeah. I thought it was cheesy. I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I liked it more than... Um, yeah, the more I talk about it, the more I like it. I think I like... Mm-hmm. I like the, like the ideas it was grappling with. It it wasn't... Like, there were parts where I was, like, cheering, like, for... Like, when destruction was happening or he was chomping somebody up. I was like, that's great. But, yeah, all the, all the uncomfortable stuff about death and, like... And that we talked about. Like, mm-hmm. I just loved... Like, it just... I didn't expect all this existential turmoil. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I mean, and they really showed you that the whale was like suffering through yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, somehow they showed it. Yeah. At Richard Harris too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. When he finally confides in uh, Charlotte that, um, you know, his wife and daughter were met with the same fate, and he did this. You know, he he was the uh, the drunk driver. Yeah. In this case, you know, like that, um, was he drinking, but he's interpreting what the whale's saying, like the whale screaming out to him. Yeah, yeah. And the, and somebody's like, what's he saying? He's like, he's, he says, I'm the drunk driver. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how deep is that? Yeah. yeah, and they don't like really explain, like for the idiots in the crowd, like they're not like hand, holding your hand through that stuff. Yeah. Eventually they go, you know, all signs pointed. Mm-hmm. All right, I got to confront this fish and they... they him it's him charlotte rampling comes along i don't know why i guess because he's like she's like i guess because there's still this like push and pull of like she's like trying to protect this whale like don't kill this whale like this you don't have to kill him like um, right that's not going to solve anything but he's like he keeps going back and forth it's like well you know the town needs me to kill this whale i started this i have to do this I, i know i'm a monster but i have to do something yeah so he goes out, and Paul, the in the Indian guy, goes with him, and mm-hmm. Robert Carradine Louis goes Skolnick. with him. Louis Skolnick. Yeah, Louis Skolnick yeah. comes along, which I didn't realize until I was like going back and rewatching scenes. Um, yeah. Charlotte's buddy or like uh, intern or whatever. I didn't catch him in the opening in the scene where in her classroom that he's running the projector, the slide projector. 
I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's when I, I caught him in the slide projector, yeah. but I had to rewind it. I'm like, what? that that really caught me by surprise. Yeah. I mean, he's young. He's so young. In this movie. Yeah. But when I read Carradine, I was expecting another Carradine. I w- There's a lot of Carradines. There yeah. are, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh my God. I know. This seems like it's 77, so it's probably the earliest thing I've seen him in, I think. Or no, he's in, um, I think he's actually in Mean Streets, too. He's like really young in that. He's a small part mm. of Mean Streets, which might have been before this. Yeah, so it's it's this pretty rad thing. And the fish, the, the orca, or orca ends up beckoning them all the way, like, what was that? The Labrador Islands mm. into like Arctic waters. So we're like, and it's pretty cool. You, it, again, this is like illustrating Richard Harris's, his like ego being broken down. And it's through this like, journey <laughs> the crew's like why are we like, we don't have enough gas to get home why are we following him all the way up here like this is insane and that's when it started it was insane yeah like at, at a certain point you could just tell the orca no mm-hmm. just tell him no yeah. like <laughs> that's I, at certain certain points i was like man this i mean he's just gonna run him out of gas and starve him out here in the in the arctic like the imagery of the their whole like boat that they they've been riding in this whole movie is just like covered in icicles. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It that was such a great image of that boat. That's they're in, they're not in Newfoundland anymore. Mm-mm. You know, they're not in their Kansas. It yeah. is stark, and they're lucky they brought enough clothes yeah. to even stand outside. And they looked cold, man. It, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. There there was a line like. Nolan has this whale textbook that Charlotte Rampling gave him in the, the beginning of the movie. So he's always like <laughs> learning about whales throughout <laughs> it. And he's like, yeah, he's like, this is, he's, this is what he's doing. He's playing with me. He's, he like references some light, like they'll like, they'll like page. torment their food for like up to two weeks, you know, before they finally kill them. <laughs> and he's like, this is what he's doing. Yeah. To me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They get way up there. There's icebergs everywhere. And this is where our big showdown's going to happen. Oh, Robert Carradine gets chomped. He gets chomped yeah, early, was, right? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, before they get to the Arctic, he's like, he's just like hanging out by the side of the boat, and he, our orca does the his movie, sweet move. <laughs> yeah, him. the filmmakers do a a great job of uh, letting you forget orca is capable of this yeah. so you know lewis skolnick is like hanging on the side of the boat like just like looking ahead for icebergs and all of a sudden like quick cut to this whale like you know super cutting out yeah. of the water he's like you know the film is like sped up for him to yeah to do that and he's like pulling this like stuffed dummy <laughs> under the water uh poor lewis he'll be back and when though. you hear that rock and roll like whale scream you know something's about to get <laughs> I'm coming. Coming for you. Metal. Metal <laughs> yeah, whale. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so they're up there. Oh, and poor poor Paul. He basically m- pulls a mutiny and like pulls a gun on the captain. He's like, we can't do this. We got to turn this around. We got to call the Coast Guard, whatever. But by this point, they're up there and they notice there's a <laughs> an iceberg going against current that's heading straight for the ship. <laughs> so they're distracted by yeah. this. And what we know is, you know, we see our boy Orca pushing this iceberg with his head. <laughs> I know, my God. Just all by himself. Just pounding into this iceberg. And poor Paul, like he rams it into the ship and they hit another iceberg. And poor Paul's like up on top and he gets crushed by I know, tons man. of ice. I don't know why, what the purpose of that was. Yeah, seriously. Paul was on his side. Paul was on Orca's yeah, side. Yeah, it was weird. Like, well, it wasn't even like Orca was trying to kill him like it was just it was kind of an accident and i was just like but well, why yeah, did they su- even kill this character is weird yeah right it was so out of left field because if had he just stayed in the cabin yeah he would have been fine right yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. poor paul had to buy it i mean they just needed to up the body count one more time <laughs> yeah i would at the beginning of the movie when the great white was i was like if somebody dies by great white before an orca kills anybody oh, no. Like they're just going for body count. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what but I thought. But luckily, yeah. the, so the shark doesn't, but the iceberg does. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> and so yeah, just like Jaws, the ship is beyond repair and it's sinking. So Charlotte and Nolan, they um, they jump out onto like a big piece of ice, big you know, and they oh like gosh. they managed to bring all this luggage too. I was like, I was like, that's a lot of <laughs> luggage they grabbed. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was like Joe versus the volcano yeah. with their steamer <laughs> trunk. <laughs> uh, and somehow Orca separates them, so they're on two different pieces of ice. So mm-hmm. Nolan's Classic on this situation. on this big flat piece of ice, and the whale jumps up and puts its weight on it, so it tips it, it like tilts it, and in, mm-hmm. and I was like so excited because I was like, oh, this is our Quint moment. This is like they're gonna do yeah. it how Quint dies. Yeah, and they they were probably playing with that with our expectations, like oh, you know, they're they're doing the same thing, but he doesn't do that. He slides off the ice into the water, and our orca is circling him. Play, again, mm. playing with his food. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you brought up before about those seals, he launches our Captain Nolan with his tail through the air and smashes him against a huge iceberg next to Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> Right at the feet of Charlotte. I mean, he just, I was like, no way he survives that. No. No way. And he didn't, you know, but he was like a rag doll yeah. through the air. And he just crumpled at the, when, as soon as he hit that iceberg, man. Yeah. Bang. That was cool. And that's it. I didn't expect that. He doesn't torture Charlotte. No. He, uh, that was it, man. It's yeah. just, that was it. He goes off. He swims on his way and they play that, that amazing love song. And they show a, uh, they show a helicopter. That uh, luckily Paul put the uh, ship on SOS. I mean, because yeah, did he? I was confused about. That's I, what he said. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's he like, I'm, right. he's like, I'm putting this on loop. So you know, for the next two minutes before the boat sinks, <laughs> yeah, it was sending out an SOS signal. I guess. Wow. But luckily, because you know, Charlotte is like in the middle of an iceberg, so Charlotte is made safe by the the helicopter there. Um, and that's it. Yeah, the the Marconi, like it was like the end of an anime <laughs> yeah. at that point because this weird music with lyrics come it's on. It's so weird. It's like um, and it's about like two yeah. lovers becoming one, and like rainbows <laughs> and stuff. I'm gonna read you uh, the last line from the wiki, the wiki to see if you got the vibes that the last line says. Okay. As the credits begin to roll. The orca is shown swimming beneath the thick Arctic ice and butting his head against it, unsuccessfully attempting to surface for air and presumably dies from drowning. Uh, no. That I did not get. No. I did not get those vibes. Not at all. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless that was in this, they got that from like the filming script. But no, I did not get that at all. That's what I think, or the novelization or something. Yeah. Um, after, at the end... It's all first person, so you're presumably you're seeing the, under the ice what the orca sees. But I don't. He's not like no. forcing to. Tr- I mean, he's looking around. Yeah. If that's what they were going for, they'd failed. I know. did not get those vibes. Yeah. And for this movie, I never felt like there was ambiguity like that, and like they were pretty good about making it clear what was mm-hmm. happening. So that would have been yeah. That's weird. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Should we edit this Wikipedia article right now? Oh, can we? Can we just uh, take that out? Yeah, so uh, it's not Jaws. It is not Jaws, but it is playing with sort of the same DNA. But it's a much different feeling movie. Um, yeah, I think you should see it. Like, I, I, I really do. Like, it's it's not a movie anybody talks about. I don't know anyone who's seen it, <laughs> except you. <laughs> you. Like, I think you, <laughs> yeah, you've seen this movie before. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've seen this movie twi- at least twice. I don't even know how I knew it existed. I, I really don't. Maybe just from the video store. But uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting watch. It's not it's not a great great film, but it's cool. For, I think what they deal with, yeah, yeah, is a little more. I'd be interested to see if what what's extracted from Moby Dick in in terms of existential yeah. or like more than just the meat and potatoes of whale versus man. Yeah, and, and like the the issues that are they're tackling. Totally, it kind of makes me want to like actually read Moby Dick. <laughs> yeah, right. And I didn't even so realize great. this was based on a book by Arthur Herzog. Did you know that? No, I had I no didn't idea know that. Do I need to read that book? I'm looking at his Wikipedia entry. There's not much here, but he wrote a bunch of books. 
Oh, his movie, his books, The Swarm and Orca, have been made into movies. The Swarm is that about a uh, bunch of bees killing people? Yeah, I, I think I've, I've heard of that. Arthur Herzog. So I mean, all right, Dino. So <laughs> Dino. Dino didn't have anybody find a fish that was worse than a great white. They found a book about a fish yeah, that was worse than a great white. Yeah, yeah. When was the book written? Orca says seventy-seven. Oh, the same year. Weird. All right, fine. I'll bite. <laughs> I will see what I got to do to read this book. Hopefully in audio form, but I doubt it exists. I got to look at this book. Because I wonder, I don't know. I, I'm just wondering. Producers lie, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a good sounding story. I'm trying to, because it came out the same year the movie did. So like, was it the adaptation? Maybe. That's neck and. Oh, yeah. Right. Do you think Peter Benchley and Herzog hung out talking about fish? Yeah, they <laughs> They wrote each other letters like uh, C.S. <laughs> Lewis and uh Oh my God! There's an audio book of it. Oh good. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's not. It's uh. It's its own novel. Yeah. This was just as stupid as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> if it's, it's possible, it was even dumber and less accurate than the movie. Wow. This guy has no idea how to write women, made an incredible, an inc- incredibly unlikable, sexist main character, and he knows nothing about orca whale behavior or biology. Wow. Get him. Oh, okay. Get him, Shelby. <laughs> Shelby's bringing the real deal. Yeah. yeah. The one above it is like, this was so different than the movie. I really wish the producers of the movie would have followed the book more closely. The end <laughs> shows a more humane side of the orca. I guess that's what that says. Thank you. Uh, first name, orca lover. <laughs> uh, plant, you're working for big orca. No. no. I know it. Orca, orca lover P. Holmes. <laughs> Every review is someone... With orca in their yeah. name. <laughs> Can't believe the author is trying to sell a 15 or so year old book for $10. <laughs> How is that a review? Way too expensive. Get out of here. God, I'm going to report abuse. <laughs> yes. Report. Your abuse has been reported. Gosh, Dale, we did it, orca. We did it, <laughs> Chuck. I mean, I think uh, I think we were both expecting one thing and came out with something else. Yeah, I'm right? really happy with it. Like, because I could have picked something like Piranha, which I've seen before, and it's just sort of. I just remember the, those movies being kind of boring and not really. Mm-hmm. I think you watched yeah. Piranha recently. I did because <laughs> you know I I watched it because I was like we just watched Orca. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to watch Orca anytime soon or Piranha yeah. anytime soon for the show. So I just went ahead and watched it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, certain movies I might not watch because we might do it for the show. Sure. But and Piranha I found to be incredibly boring yeah. and weird. Yeah. The pacing was all off and needed to be tightened up. But Yeah, I was super yeah. worried that's what this was going to be. Uh, I was worried mm-hmm. I was in for a boring long ride, but it wasn't mm. yeah it was good so that was Orca we have um, we have a couple emails to get to you could send us an email yeah batandspiderpod at gmail.com you could uh, use that to send us an email send us a voice memo etc etc you have a phone number call us on that phone number 315-544-0966 and we will play your voicemails live on the air. So, Chuck, we got two emails this week. First one is uh, comes from friend of the show, Jared. Beautiful. Hey, Dale and Chuck, I love the new pod. It's probably because of the current state of things, but I can't get enough of B-movies right now. I usually steer towards action and sci-fi, but thanks to Bat and Spider, I've added horror to the mix. I recently watched the Hammer film Vampire Circus and Chef's Kiss. <laughs> And then he uh, he sent us a link to the Tales from the Crypt book that we have been searching for. It is on a you know used book site, but I'm not going to give that link out because that might just oh. be needed for us for us to claim. Need to know info. Also, this little postscript here, kind of random, but the very first Paper Keg podcast I listened to was the episode about the end of the effing world. No kidding. What a time wow. to be alive. So wow. Jared, that's amazing. Um, that's awesome, Jared. That is also my first episode of Paper Cake I listened to. <laughs> oh my god, is it? Yeah. <laughs> that's how I found you guys. Wow. I was like, oh, who are these guys talking about my shit? <laughs> so yeah, my uh, Slim from 70 Millimeter and my buddy Jonesy, uh, we did 
still occasionally do a comic book podcast called Paper Keg, but it's officially over. And one of the episodes was this book called The End of the Effing World, which Chuck happened to write. And uh, yeah, we reviewed it. And Chuck, apparently, Jared and Chuck both listened to it, that episode, for their first episode of Paper Keg. Yeah, I think I listened while I was mowing the lawn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then after that, I, I listened to like every episode. Wow. Thanks for, Thanks for that, Chuck. Yeah. Out yeah. there in your uh, jorts and your like. Uh, oh, yeah. Your headphones with the antenna sticking up. Oh yeah, just sweating, like that. trying to crank it to to be louder than the engine, fighting the grass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just trying to get the sound in your ears deeper so you don't have to hear the. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, thanks for the email, Jared. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I totally relate turning to movies and in, in um, yeah, man, in tough times, they're always they're always there for us, yeah. and it's it's good. It's good to escape for. An hour and a half, two hours, and uh, just be in somebody's made-up world. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, Jared, very uh, thank you very much for the email. Please keep sending them. That's really nice of you uh, for that, yeah. and uh, keep watching them. Send in your reviews. Oh, and Vampire Circus. i got to see this. I, I've, I know. I've recently put it on my list. I think someone else brought it up to me, maybe on the Instagram. i got to see this movie. There's all, so many Hammer movies I need to see. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. The uh, We need, like the definitive guide to hammer you know there's like this coffee table book like a hammer oh, coffee sure. table yeah. book oh man yeah imagine i just need someone to do the work for just to weed out you i know. know which ones i have to watch right and which ones i can maybe wait <laughs> all right we got another uh email in there uh yeah so uh next up is an email from our tales from the crypt friend yoli she wrote us a couple weeks ago about the um she's about the DVD box set. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hello again, Chuck and Dale. When I previously emailed you, I mentioned that I was re-watching along with the DVDs, and one of you asked about the DVD bonus features. There's a really cool 55-minute documentary titled Tales oh. from the Crypt from comic books to television. If you haven't seen it yet, it's available on YouTube. Bonus. Mm. She, uh, she included the, the YouTube link there, so I'll throw that in the show notes but keep your eyes out for that on youtube it's super interesting all about william Gaines and the history of ec and the censorship they faced there are a couple of shorter features as well one is pretty lame one is a pretty lame new season one introduction from the crypt keeper and the other is the crypt keeper's history of season one the latter is also on YouTube if you want to check it out, and she included a link, or they included a link, and I will put that in the show notes as well. This one is kind of funny. The way he discusses the order of episodes is different from how the content actually appears on the DVD. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I ran into that. Yeah, I think I was watching one of those things someone uploaded, and, and the Crypt Keeper is saying, in our first episode, and, and I was like, that's not the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I, back then... Like networks would just air stuff however they felt like it. So mm. sometimes there's discrepancy in, in like how the shows are actually produced and meant, you know, what order to be watched and then how they aired. So breaks your heart. <laughs> yeah. Yoli, uh, thank you for that wonderful email. I'll put those links in our show notes for this week. And Yeah, uh, thank you, Yoli. Yeah, thanks for watching along with us. It's an honor. It's an honor. It's, it's a shock when people send us voicemails and email that they're out there Dale. i know right it's great dale <laughs> underscore a i have a question for you me if we have an episode next week what are we watching oh my gosh yes that is that point in the show crap i gotta bring that yeah this is um yeah if you guys don't know every week we pick our next uh, subject uh, for the next episode and we uh, Dale and I take turns uh, we do have a master list that we add to um, every once in a while so you know but sometimes you know pick a wild card you know mm-hmm. I don't even know if Orca was on there I just like got it in my brain that day right when we were recording yeah like, oh, I'll pick that that's the beauty of a list we may or may not even stick to okay Chuck I have the list open I have mm-hmm. gotten that far beautiful is it going to be Spetters by Paul Verhoeven <laughs> how convenient would that be graphically sexual oh. <laughs> sorry I'm is calling it, back to jokes is it a horror movie here. no it's not no. 
It's just it's not a horror movie. It's just a graphically sexual movie. It's a. I think they're they're BMX riders. It's a BMX movie. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. <laughs> All right, Chuck. I'm looking at the list, and I think next episode we take at a li- look at a little picture from 1988 called Night Feeder. Mmm, Night Feeder. This was going to be our our uh, audible pick, right? After when we couldn't find what was the name of that? Video violence. Video violence, yeah. That's right. Um, because that's another it's it's an SOV movie, right? Shot on video. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, Night Feeder was was sold at what was it like Bleeding Skull? Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah, Bleeding Skull with Mondo. I think they teamed up and did some releases. Yeah, they did a release of Night yeah. Feeder, so that's uh, that's what we're gonna do for next week, I think. I gotta Yeah. I feel it in my I love these ones. I feel it I mean, deep in my plums. It's <laughs> <laughs> I mean almost every episode is like it's a total mystery wildcard pick and I love that. I love it so much. Yeah. It's so fun watching a movie you know nothing about. Yeah, I'm excited. I uh, Fear chokes the freewheeling underbelly of San Francisco's punk scene as a killer stalks the night to feed an unspeakable appetite. Oh, wow. Mm. Wow. This is going to be an 80s punk movie? Oh, my gosh. Right? What more do we need? Oh. Mm. Chuck, that's next episode, Night Feeder. I mean, can you even believe? Can you believe, Chuck, right now? Are you believing? <laughs> I don't know. That's right. <laughs> Am I believing? I don't know either, Chuck. No, I'm believing. I'm here, ain't I, Dale? I don't know either, I'm Chuck. Here. This is what this is when we uh we just fade out with the uh, whip song music's Toby Forceman uh <laughs> playing in the background murder hour. We don't know if we're feeling it. Or maybe we fade to that beautiful love song from the end of Orca. <laughs> <laughs> metal Orca. Yeah, some metal band needs to do an, uh, an, an, a song based on this movie. Yeah. <laughs> With screaming. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, Chuck, let's remind our dear listeners that we have a t-shirt available if anybody would like oh, that. Yeah. Um, if you do... Uh, there's in the show notes you can find it, but it's on T Public, and you can find a T-shirt uh, for sale. All the proceeds go for the uh, movement for Black Lives. Yeah, and if you get one, please um, share pictures on uh, like Instagram or something um, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, I've seen a few people with wearing the shirt, and it brings me great joy. Yeah, uh, to see that, I mean, it's just like Bat and Spider's mascot, Metal Orca, is just loving every second of those pictures yeah bringing us bringing this show out of the oral world and into the physical realm Mm -hmm. by being draped on your torsos i love it (laughs) and um i don't know anything any other housekeeping we have a letterbox list official list that you could follow along to oh yeah please do that yeah and um i'm dale underscore a on instagram chuck you are charles forsman on instagram and uh i think that's it for this episode that's it. See you, whale friends. Jump. Metal Orca. I like Bat and Spider's new mascot, Metal Orca. Metal Orca. This <laughs> is just like leather studs, like a studded leather jacket <laughs> with sh- like shoulder pads. Our theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com.
You're planning to capture and sell a fellow creature. He's like you. He has warm blood. He breathes air. He's a mammal, but with intelligence, and he communicates. Oh, he communicates, does he? Look at me. Tell me I'm pulling your leg, and I'll give you a dollar. No, but I'll tell you this. You're one head of a girl to be living in a tent, sleeping with a tape recorder.